Good people of Los Angeles, tonight on the FC, FC, FSA, FSA pod, we've got Rich Orozco, the senior vice president of Brandon Community. Senor. Titles, titles, titles. LAFC. We discuss, among many other things, Lil Rich. And was he always Hype Man from the very beginning? How did he become Hype Man? You'll find out. We also talk about when members of the 3252 and Mr. Orozco went to Dortmund, checked out some pretty cool German things, culture, <laughs> churches. What else was there? We don't know. I wasn't there. Listen to the pod. And, of course, we wrap it up with the big question on everyone's mind. Why LAFC? Por qué? As usual, guys, we are in the backyard of Exposition Park at Dweezy's Pad. There are ghetto birds flying by, horns honking, other things going on. And I have a potty mouth, so it's not safe for work, not safe for children. That's it. Let's go next. Let's <laughs> FC pod where two scholars and a dickhead look into the world through a black and gold tinted lens. I am your host Slim. As usual, we have Dwee sitting across from me, Mr. Josh Spice to my left, You're. and a very, 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 very special guest today who pretty much we wouldn't really exist if it wasn't for, <laughs> for I would say, you know, one half, one third of the mastermind of, you know, bringing supporters and the club together. We have hype man of the century, Mr. Rich Orozco, <laughs> in the backyard with us today. How y'all doing? Woo. Cheers, y'all. We got, Let's get this going. We got tea it. glasses. We got some hot drinks, some cold drinks. Porter. We got some Deschutes Porter, Black Butte. Yep. Yeah, Rich came through with some gifts. He's trying to make sure we don't go too hard on him. <laughs> Little does he know that we spiked his black tea right now, <laughs> and he about to be talking some crazy shit in 15 minutes. <laughs> The first thing we want to talk about, we don't want to waste Rich's time. We want to hear about Lil Rich. Like <laughs> like your first soccer memory, Rich. What what was that? I, I finally made it to the backyard yes. with the crew. Yes, sir. I can't wait for the uh, Palatero Man and some bikes and some horns and all that stuff. So Choppers. Feels real. Uh, first football memory. Played growing up like everybody, else, everybody did. Probably varsity, soccer, Westlake, Chaparral's. Believe it or not, that's right. Austin, Texas. Letterman, oh, wow. Letterman, Richard Roscoe. Yep, let, yep. I got my letter jacket, my little uh, red letter jacket, my patch. But I was born and raised out here in LA. Uh, my dad worked for the IRS, and uh, we started moving around. So we hit Seattle, Boise, and then Austin. And I landed in a hardcore Texas football school. Yeah, this is the home of Drew Brees. Mm. Um, it's a bunch of guys, and I'm, same high school. Yeah, same high school. Football uh-huh. factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Westlake High School. If you watched uh, the movie Friday Night Lights, mm. the final four scene semifinals, I think uh-huh. it's like Dallas Carter, Austin Westlake, Odessa Permian, if I remember. So it's like Permian. big time. But the high school counselor, when they saw us move to the high school and we wanted to play sports, looked at us. 
135 pound sophomore is like, I think you need to play soccer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're playing sports, so girls will notice you. So shout out Tim Riggins out here. Full hearts, clear eyes, can't lose. Yeah. Texas forever. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, what is? What are you talking about? Friday Night Lights. How did I know this? Okay, okay, you know damn well. Do we say what? Well, if I'm, it came out on a biography book, he might have read it. <laughs> but he ain't watching no Friday Night Lights. So. At that point, you've played, like, in AYSO, you've played in other things, or you're just like, hey, I'm going to go try soccer out? No, I played all the way through, and I have a twin brother, so we're in the same team. We were good enough to make the varsity team, but the, the, this team in Austin, Texas, has a crazy connection to LAFC, because my high school soccer teammate, his name is Twain Nguyen, mm. who ended up being buddies with Henry Nguyen, mm-hmm. our first managing owner, and he was in Henry's office when they were Googling LAFC ah, yeah, five or six yeah. years ago. He was my buddy on the soccer team at a big Texas football powerhouse. It was me and little Twain. Yeah. Um, for now, what, 30 years, best buddies. And it literally started from the Austin, Texas, varsity Westlake Chaparral team. Ho Chi Minh City, then back to the heart of LA, and now here because that varsity high school run. I remember that from the interview with Jerry, heart of LAFC. Shout yeah. out to Jerry and shout out Jerry. to the interview. Great interview. Jerry, yes. um, that was great. But, like, is sports a huge part of your life, like, already in high school, or are you just kind of, like, doing it on the side as well as doing, like, it was big. plenty of other uh, things? Basketball and soccer, big. Mm-hmm. Moved back out here to L.A. and kept playing both for uh-huh. a long time. So I was, I was Wednesdays at Hollywood High School for hoops, like, probably 10 years, it felt like. Men's leagues on the west side, the uh, L.A. Premier League on the <laughs> west side. We played at uh, Crossroads High School in Santa Monica for many, many years. Um, my brother, we co-founded a club called uh, Matador FC. Mm-hmm. A very famous club, according to our, ourselves. We think it's famous. <laughs> <laughs> we think it was famous. Self-proclaimed. And you're, yeah. you're still playing actively on it. When I mean, at the yeah, time yeah. where you found it. Yeah, probably it. Through, through late 30s I was been playing. So I've been playing Where did you play forever. on the field? Uh, I was uh, on the left side. I had a wicked left foot like Vela. Mm. Me and Vela. <laughs> talking about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You guys, just, you guys just helping each other, coaching yeah, each other. He was working stuff. on the curler early, and I saw something, and I had a little private chat with him, and then he just exploded. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, left side. Thank you, left Rich. Back, left, left half, left back. See, this is yeah. what I meant by none of this would be possible without yeah. Rich, guys. On the field and off the field. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> now, the on-field credit is... is, is now, now that everyone knows, now sure. everyone knows why that new. left foot is so deadly. So, I mean, just give us a, give us a little basketball comp, too. I mean, show, yeah. what kind of pickup basketball players Rich Roscoe as well? Beverly so Hills Men's League Champions. Hey. How's that? In the, in the, in the B-League, though. Hey. The B-League. There's, there's A, the B, C, and adult, I was in the B-League. I had to stack it. That's some former college players. Uh-huh. So I was a much better coach than I was a player. <laughs> uh, to, I was hype man. Yep. I had to rally yeah, the, everybody. The greatest. I was that guy. I was that guy. You shoot lefty? Uh, no. Oh. Right, right-handed, left-footed. Magic. Magic. Oh, yeah, magic. So, wait. So, you're saying you're hype man. I'm throwing a lot of curveballs. I'm throwing a lot of curveballs at you guys. So, you're saying like... Rich came out swinging. You're, you're also hype man. He's having the good black tea. That's why. The Fujian. Oh, teas. Ancient black tea. Um, trace us back the origins of hype man, hype man. Rich. Yeah, you yeah, hype, yeah. Or you, Where's that come up from? like that in, uh, in the high school days even? Where's that supernatural hype come from? And the twin is more reserved. I've met your twin brother. I forget his name. We're a little, little different. He's not He's not night and day different, but he's a little more he's chill. Little so more if you see him at the stadium and he looks you in the eyes, it's not me. If he doesn't <laughs> you, and that's, that's, our, that's our biggest challenge yeah. as he goes to games. <laughs> uh, hype man, definitely coaching teams for sure. Yeah. I'd look Josh in the eyes and... And I would, I would before I subbed you in for Sam. I said, Josh, do you want it? <laughs> Jeez. And you yeah. got, you got to come at me strong. I'm not going to put you in the field. Then I go to Alex. Same thing. 
Did you work hard this week? Did you eat? How was your diet? Yeah. No, it's back to me. Got, I want it. I want it. See that? Put me in, coach. Then I just scream. Let's go, baby. Let's just take it. Did you have hype man role models? Was there like a coach you had that did that to you? When wow. you were oh, man. I'm yeah. curious yeah. the origins of hype man, Rich. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, a lot of, as you guys alluded to, a lot of people kind of got gassed up because Bro, of the there's talking not to that from many, Rich, right? So we want to know the people. origins of the... Yeah, actually, hype man origin, when I came back to L.A., because I didn't know anybody, I just graduated from Texas, started working at Paramount Pictures. Oh. Yeah, the studio. The studios are cool environments when you're young because it feels like a college campus. So you meet the guy in, in the set department, you meet the guy in the finance department, right, you meet right. the movie guy, the TV guy. Mm-hmm. We actually started throwing parties for all the young people you know, new to the job at the sure. studios. We called it the Young Entertainment Network, ah. <laughs> which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but call it, yeah. But yeah. Hype Man started throwing, throwing uh, some get-togethers to just bring people together. And the, the, uh, the goal was, when you're young and hustling starting out, is like, how do you just connect people? How do you right, get people right. together? And how do we all build together, which is, which is what we've also used for LAFC. So I think I naturally resonated to getting a group of people together, and then how do we all win together? Mm-hmm. And uh, it started back then. And I, we ended up throwing nine years' worth of ho- Halloween parties that got oh. to like a 1,000 people strong. This is before social media mm-hmm. and before email, so it was definitely the, the flyer game. <laughs> was, yeah, if it was social media, it would have been blown up by now. Oh, no, I could have sure. started Coachella if it was, <laughs> if it was social media. <laughs> I bet I would have been out of control. <laughs> This is the Carlos Bella and Magic Johnson whisperer. Yeah. He would have started Coachella as well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> had he only been around. What, what, damn, what would a Halloween party thrown by Rich, hype man Rich, feel like, man? What's, what's era, the necessaries? El Rey Theater. You, you're working in the entertainment industry. Was that like, that's not sports, right? That's, yeah. that's something different. Where did that turn come in? Or like, you know, how, how did your interest in that in the studio world come up? Um, went to, so I got my business degree from Texas, and my headspace was not quite you know, finance or accounting. The other two were marketing or management. And uh, I just wanted to have a cool job coming out of school. Hmm. So I wrote, didn't know anybody in LA, no contacts. I wrote hmm. 30 letters to, I think, the, I think the Raiders were here at that time, but Lakers, you know, the Clippers, Dodgers, Capitol Records, Warner Bros. Records, Disney, hmm. like anything that sounded like a cool job yeah. out of school. I wrote 30 letters, got six replies. Wow, that's good. Yep, and then... The first bite was, I actually ended up getting a summer internship with Disney mm, on, cool. the, on the film side. And then I got an internship at Paramount Pictures, Paramount Motion Pictures Publicity. Mm. And uh, I literally remember working, uh, two movies was was uh, Forrest Gump at that time at Paramount, which is which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also, uh, I remember handing a program to... Harrison Ford for the movie uh, Clear and Present Danger, and then Sharon Stone walked in and to the premiere and stuff. So I was kind of got in that little fun wow. hustler. That is a cool world. job. That yeah, it was cool. cool. It was cool. So, uh, but I just wanted a fun gig out of school, and again, didn't know anybody, and and was just grinding and writing did you letters. Miss, and did you miss LA, like all those years? Because you, you you know you were originally from here, you kind of moved around. Were you like, yeah. damn, I want to come back? Yeah, because every city. time I came back, cousins family everybody's here it was like it was cool to have my 18 year old cousin take us to sunset boulevard and go see the roxbury and just drive around and act like we belonged in la again and vans and maui and sons and all the cool la gear i'd bring it back to wherever we we're living and to tie it back to our roots but i think we always knew we'd come back twin brothers in uh san diego now and little bros here in la but yeah that was the first one to come back and commit huh and stay but now i've been back 20 plus years now i'm back to og status in la hmm did did boxing come into the picture at some point, right? It did. 
Tell us a little bit about that. I ran, uh, I was the co-general manager of the LA Matadors in the World Series of Boxing. So this is the same name as the soccer team. It's getting, I'm gonna tie it all together. All right. We were black and gold. Mm. Yeah. So I knew those colors worked. Um, it's, a, it's a world league based in Switzerland, Lausanne, Switzerland. And we were the LA team out of probably 10 teams in the world. And our mantra was L.A. versus the world. So I kind of got in the headspace of how do we rally our city against everybody else. Yeah. Uh, I definitely get, I get hyped about being the challenger. And uh, I've n I never picked the bandwagon teams. Like, who, which one of you guys are Man United fans? Both. Oh, <laughs> bandwagon. Ali at the wheel. Ali at the wheel. Yeah, as they both curl back in their chairs. <laughs> hey, just get a Korean on LAFC and you'll see how many bandwagon Koreans jump on that We're motherfucker. Coming. Bandwagons are, uh, are get a bad rap. You know, sometimes. <laughs> anyway, Look Rich, at Tyrion, bro. He's right. a bandwagon. Yeah. He's still alive. Look how defensive we are. <laughs> I know. Rich says one thing about us. Game of Thrones? Yeah, that was a Game of Thrones reference. Man, we can't bring up that show, man. That show is just... Why? Awesome? It's okay. I don't want to talk about the it. greatest show of this time. Ever since the, 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 the show caught up to the book, it's been Basuda. Mm -hmm. But it's still the only show. It's probably one of the last shows where everyone will be watching it at the same time. Appointment television. That's true. There's no other show right I, now. I watched it early. I haven't caught up. I had to get back in the mix. No, I, I almost stopped it. when um, the, 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 the Red Witch, bad. the Black Vagina Cloud came four. out of her and killed someone. Uh -huh. I almost stopped. I was like, what the fuck was that? That was too much for you? Yeah. I was just like, it was the stupidest thing ever. If the Black Vagina Cloud came out in another episode sometime, like, I would understand. But Black Vagina Cloud came out once, killed someone, and went right back into the vagina. That's where place. Sam draws the line. Is yeah, why the Black Vagina, vagina Cloud, bro? Your, your neighbors must love these Tuesday night conversations. <laughs> they are what it's, they it's are. It's riveting. It's riveting This show. isn't the worst kinds of conversations yeah. that happen on any weeknight in this neighborhood. Okay. There's been ass-eating conversations <laughs> here and there. No, 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 not with us. I'm talking about the neighbors. Oh, yeah. Last night, some dude was just like banging on something, screaming all sorts of obscenities at all. No more locked night. doors. I, I don't know if he was kicking a car. I don't know what was going on. But hey, we're live here in Exposition Park. You guys know what it is. <laughs> um, but like the Matadors, we we got off track there. But yeah. bring them back. So, LA versus the world. But, uh, we we I think back about it now. We started from scratch, zero. Mm. We it was a team format in boxing. So if you went to fight night, if it was LA versus Milan, we'd have five fights, one with a lightweight, all the way through heavyweight. So if LA won three fights and Milan won two, and they were, I think, five rounds, uh, we, won, we won the points for the night, kind of like in soccer. It was kind of cool. And the, the vision was to create a team format in boxing and make it a little more entertaining and a little more city versus city uh -huh. versus you know one-on-one -on -one boxers that you might not know this undercard and, and pay attention. Sure. So it was, it, was, it was good in spirit. It's still, the league still exists overseas. Um, I mean, I went to... I went to Kazakhstan, Astana. I took my fighters to... Yeah, what you guys to, do? So some oh, teams yeah. would come here and you guys I went travel. to Mumbai, India. I went to Baku, Azerbaijan, where Man United will be playing next year in the Euro Europa League. <laughs> hey, Arsenal might be playing there what hopefully next week. The bummer is that listeners couldn't see Josh and Sam's face <laughs> as I was leading him right bro. into Azerbaijan land. Here I thought I was in control. <laughs> I, honestly, I, honestly, I, thought I, was in control. <laughs> I honestly don't even know where to watch fucking Europa League matches Al Raid and anymore. Pat are listening too because I, I throw Azerbaijan at them all the time. Oh, it's a beautiful serious. place, by the way. <laughs> Went around the world, started from scratch, and then had a had really had grassroots sports experience because we were we were recruiting boxers on Skype. Like we drafted Jason Quigley, the Fighting Irish. He's uh -huh. now with Golden Boy. Mm -hmm. We had Rashi Warren, 
three-time, I think, U.S. Olympian. We have Chris Pearson, who's still fighting. We have Terrell Gaucha still fighting. There's so many of them. Javier, the Monster Torres from East L.A. So it's really cool. So it's startup sports from events to recruiting boxers to where are they living, where are the logistics, like all the day-to-day of a sports property. It was actually, looking back on it, a pretty great experience. And I was hype guy because you got to rock right. that suit like Don King. Yeah. Only in America. Up. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be fired up. And we had 1,000-person fight nights. Jeez. In Hollywood, at the Avalon, and also, I think it was the Henry Ford, I think is on Sunset and Gower now, I forget what Ooh. the name of the theater is now. The, yeah. It used to be called the Music Box. Okay. It was the Music Box, so we threw big fight nights there, and that was probably 2012, was so boxing. What's the, I mean, you just said you recruited over Skype a couple yeah, times? overseas. Like, what's, I mean, boxing is the individual, individual yep. sport, right? Yep. Man against man. How do you convince someone who's actually of a dope pedigree to be like, join this team? Let's do this. Let's do this for the city. Weird, like piloted news. Yeah, what's your pitch on that? Yeah, so the organization that runs the World Series Boxing is AIBA, is the International Boxing Association for Amateurs. They they have they own the whole Olympic system. So their their challenge to start this league was they have young boxer Sam who's killing it in L.A. and they lose you to pro promoters once you go once you hit the Olympics or Olympic age. So they wanted to create this kind of NCAA level of boxing where they can keep Sam in the system and also monetize and try to see if they can you know build Sam up gotcha. so the pitch to young boxers was that it wouldn't at that time the setup were, was that it would be kind of semi-pro box professional boxing that wouldn't count against your record later in pro boxing I see. so we saw so I'll use Terrell Gaucho as an example we had an opening in the squad uh, he was highly recommended he was not in shape mm. And I hit him up on, called him a couple times. He sounded like a good kid on the phone, like he had a lot of heart and just wasn't given the opportunity. He missed his first flight to come to L.A. Yeah. I talked to my other co-general manager, uh, Ray Dustar, and me and Ray kind of got in an argument about giving him a second chance. And there was something I felt on the phone with this kid, that, uh, that he was a good kid. And I gave him a second chance. We gave him a second flight. And he made it to L.A. Uh. The long story short, and I'm going to try to remember all of it, is that he was able to get in shape again with us, within our infrastructure. He came from Cleveland. He ended up winning winning the amateur boxing title, ended up going to the Olympics <sighs> for the U.S. And if I didn't give, at that time, that kid a second chance to make it out to L.A. to give him the opportunity, he literally would not have made the Olympic team for the U.S. And yeah. I think that was in 2000. What was the last Olympics? 2014? 2016. 16, 16 yeah. Rio, yeah. Yeah, so it was that phone call to a kid That's in Cleveland, right. and I just heard the heart, and he was, you know, much respect to athletes and their discipline, and, and we gave him that chance, and we were able to watch him on TV, and then a lot of, a lot of fulfillment out of that. That's wild. Yeah, it was cool. But it, it, good first experience with young athletes mm. and, and what's in their heads and, and how to guide them yeah. and give them our perspective. And So when are you going to talk to Horta? <laughs> I love that guy. That get guy. Portuguese Justin Bieber to step the fuck up. <laughs> we'll get him. We'll get him. He's, he's gonna show up for us. So we'll get there. Like, but the boxing thing. What made you leap at that? Like, you're now gonna transition from entertainment to sports. What was it about boxing? This sounds like a kind of like a wild idea for a league. This team style. Like, was it difficult for you to be like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it. Like, I'm going back to sports. I had done um, probably 12 years at a. You know, at studios, mm-hmm. and it was uh, exciting. I had done some startups before boxing, but um, I think it was the the opportunity of a startup mm-hmm. from zero. And also, I had not come from the sport, so I, I wasn't jaded. At the end of this entire project, 
you know, boxing's entertainment, period. So if you get all worked up and you're watching a fight that Sam knocked out Alex, what you may not know is that you shared trainers or shared promoters or mm. Sam's trying to pay his mortgage and Alex is cool with it. So there's just so much, you know, it's, it's people. There's so many just one-on-one -on -one background. So as a fan, it's hard to, since I was on the inside, it's hard to take boxing really, really, really seriously because unlike football or soccer or basketball, the ball's not going in the net. It's not going across the touchline. It's not yeah. getting the end zone. I mean, boxing is so subjective when right. it comes to referees. Mm -hmm. So from the inside, what I got some perspective on is like modern-day gladiator stuff. And you're just there, like you got to just enjoy the camaraderie, the the social aspect of it, and mm. kind of hype man, but you can't get too, too super yeah. deep into it. So it kind of taught me a lot of reality checks and in, in some sports. So did you when it was time and you were like, all right, I'm I've, I'm done with this, or how did you decide to step away from the boxing thing? Um, or did the league start going in a way that they yeah, the the league? the headquarters funded the four. It started with four U.S. teams. I think it was Miami, L.A., New York. Blanking on the maybe sh I'm blanking on the mid Midwest one, but um, the funding was running out, and we were not comfortable looking for investors in the format of a league that we didn't own. You know, the the, Euro the Europeans owned it, right, right, so right. it was a little tough to rally people in LA to support this team that we didn't own. Hmm. Um, the format's so a little bit of a, of a of a scary swing. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, the team format itself is not. You know, either way, you're always fighting against professional promoters. Either way, because we were creating something new and we were disrupting the whole environment. Right, and you were nurturing and, talent. Yeah, it's like way. it's like me and Sam trying to start a tequila company in, in California. It's not going to happen long term. <laughs> <laughs> people, certain people will not let that happen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a, definitely an uphill battle in boxing to create a whole new format and try to compete against the established. I think that'll cover it for the first segment, boys. Take it, take a quick break, and we'll be back with Mr. Richard Roscoe in a moment. Cool. And we're back. FCFC pod. You know what it is. We got Rich. Rich is enjoying some tea already. Uh, first guest ever to come over and just be like, guys, from the beginning, let's just let's just rock some tea. Tea it up. He, he brought some jump. good stuff. Tea with dweez. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit more tea here in a second. And before we get into that, I want to hear about Dortmund. Yeah. The one cool thing that everybody seemed to get to do that I didn't get to do, Slim. It's like the one thing you get to talk about when people bring up the Seattle trip that you can say, yeah, but did you go to Dortmund? Did you go to Dortmund, motherfuckers? I'm on that YouTube video. <laughs> Faded as fuck on the second part so, of the interview. <laughs> what's, funny, what's funny about this from like the outside looking in, and uh, when you know certain people have like posted or written articles about it, like later on, it's like LAFC had this supporter culture that got born out of they took this trip to Dortmund and Dortmund showed them how to do everything and. <laughs> And then, and then they came back, and that's that's how they learned, you know. And it was like kind of misconstrued, but like, man, Rich, I want to hear from the beginning, like yeah. how how the relationship with like Dortmund formed, and how this this legendary now legendary trip uh, took shape. In other words, hey, Rich, why Dortmund? <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, I, lo I love. We've been fueled by the hecklers from day one, because they're simple versions of how this all happened and why it works and that Dortmund quote unquote taught us is just like, is so, so, so off, mm -hmm. which, uh, and that, but that's fueled from day one. 
And people now looking from the outside, they don't get it. They don't get the hard work and the commitment and the countless hours and the countless people that were all, all had one vision. But back to Dortmund, um, when I first, I first uh, jumped in with Tom and Henry in March of 2015, um, and then roped in Pat, and then Marcus, and then Alex, and then Colin, and we, over the next six months, kind of got the OG crew on the staff that all had big heart for the city, for a legacy, for the culture. And I, with the LAFC access, I realized that I could shoot an email to clubs overseas, uh -huh. and I could most likely get a few tickets and get a visit and start learning about how they work. Yeah. So Tom actually set up the first emails. Tom emailed um, Ivan from Arsenal. Uh, he emailed Daniel Levy from the Spurs. Mm -hmm. um, I emailed Dortmund on my own. And over the next couple of years, I planned during the international breaks. You know, if you go to Europe during the breaks, you can probably catch three games in 10 days. Right. So that's the key for anybody out there planning their European trips. Get the international breaks, and I think in October and March, and you'll grab three games. Hmm. I think I hit five games one time over two weeks. So Jeez. these are international, like oh, yeah. friendlies in so different places. I, yep. Right? So I'd pick a country. I pick England, and I hit I mean, that trip. I think I hit. We hit Swansea. We hit um, a Chelsea game, and I went up to Burnley. So oh. like I hit you know three three cities you would never think you could grab, and I saw matches in each of them. So this trip. Specifically, I wanted to go to Germany. The German football culture, uh, from my research, a they're the most they're they're just as visual as anybody in the world, and they're super organized. Yeah, you know, we, if us four go to Argentina, you know, we, we might be climbing the the gates of uh, of Boca. Yeah, no, the, I, don't the, know, the, I don't know if four of us will come back. <laughs> the, the one Argentine Premier Division match I ever went to at the Huracan, it was Independiente in Boca, and I didn't have a ticket. And I just, outside the gates, it was just like such a shambolic situation. I was going to scalp a ticket, and I just decided to just like walk in. Yes. And so I just like, it's just like, it's chaos. Yes. And so you just like walk in and Beautiful you go in chaos. there. And it's just, you're all like crammed up together. But there wasn't even like a person really taking tickets. You could just like walk by them. You know what I mean? Jeez. Yeah. So yeah, in terms of organization, Leave I understand journals. why you don't focus on South America. Well, I mean, American sports, you're not going to see uh, flares in the stands due to fire marshals, so I knew that um, beautiful chaos may not work perfectly in L.A. Yeah. We all know that goes haywire. Mm. But um, German football, very curious about it. How do they do it? So email Dortmund, plan a trip. I uh, actually visited Bayern, St. Pauli, mm -hmm. and Dortmund in wow. the exact same trip. Wow. Um, got very, very lucky. Met some really incredible people, some football <laughs> people. Dortmund had so much heart. You know, mm -hmm. Byron was cool to visit. They're like the Dallas Cowboys yeah. of mm -hmm. Germany, and it was cool to see what that kind of a, a monster infrastructure looked like. But then when you go to Dortmund, small town, it's like a Detroit. Mm -hmm. It's like going from New York to Detroit. Gotcha. And you get to Detroit, and you meet the people, and they've been there for generations. And I think it's I think it's a, an old mining community, if I'm correct. Yep. Yeah. Too, yeah. And um, Or Steel. I think it's Steel. Steel, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Steel. Uh, One of those. One of those. Hard to work, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, the heart of the city and the stories, and then you know, a hundred-year-old club started, I believe, in 1909. 1909. And uh, yep. Yeah. And then once I went to the match, I mean, it was it was game over for to see a 25,000-person wall. So I met um, Olaf uh, at LAFC. Olaf, um, the heart of the town, monster kiss. Fan, a band. <laughs> uh, he's just that awesome, entertaining German guy who loves global culture. Uh, has a beautiful family. Uh, his son and his daughter and his wife. And he 
open, he was open arms. I mean, he took me everywhere. Um, I started talking about the vision for LAFC and he was our guy. And he's basically a community ambassador for the club. He's an OG. Yeah. The way I saw it was he was like the ultra supporter that they tried to bring on to work for the club, but he was still too supporter-minded. Yeah. But he's such an OG that they can't get rid of him. Yeah. So they're just like, yeah, you kind of have a key to, to this city. Yeah. So he, <laughs> has, he has a desk at the club. I mean, he's there. He, he knows everybody. And they understand, you know, he's the bridge to everything. I mean, his heart is is Dortmund through Breaking and through. Yeah. I think he saw in my eyes that we were pretty serious about our commitment to build something similar in L.A. And they, he had to basically convince the execs that we were legit and weren't full of it. Mm. So that first trip actually went with my dad. It was just me and my dad. Mm. And uh, I said, Dad, we got to go to Europe and just start investigating. And so Pops came, and they took care of us like no other. And then the second trip back was with LAFC Larry. Larry. Yep. OG and Larry. What did Larry think about it? It was amazing. You know, Larry, from day one, was not a monster football culture head mm-hmm. uh played you know growing up but he was you know he grew up chicago cubs mm-hmm. so when you meet the american sports fan that is a cubs fan or a red sox fan mm-hmm. or a green bay packers fan or raider nation mm-hmm. is that they get fandom yeah you know more than wins and losses they get passion and commitment and larry was that guy so what was really cool was seeing a guy like that go to a dortmund game and then w- watching his eyes when he saw the wall for the first time Larry was like, it's on. Like, I think everything everything connected in his head about what we were talking about, what we were building here, he never doubted it, but when he saw it, it was was amazing. So, basically had a bro hug at at center pitch um, before a game, and then then when we came back, that's when the conversation started to bring our support group leaders, which was a crazy idea, to crazy talk. Were you you leading the charge on that? Or was there, like, was there... I mean, because that is crazy talk, right? Like, hey... We're building a club. Let's let's cherry pick twelve of our most diehard, early committed people. Let's bring five people from the staff to document it, and let's go to Germany. That doesn't never happens. Yeah. And we got a lot of no's out of the gate from our our finance folks. I think a lot of people kind of laughed and chuckled. <laughs> but we were used to the hecklers everywhere, inside, outside. The hecklers from day one, like nobody believed we can do any of this. Right. And when we talk about current day, we were authentic about the culture. We were authentic about people. We weren't talking about scale. These 12 people that were able to go were 12 important people that we knew would bring thousands. And a lot of us who went on the trip, if I'm correct, had never been to Europe. Nope. Had never been to a a world match. So it's much different to watch it on TV than it is to feel it. And when Sam felt it, I mean, you tell me, when you came back, who was the first person you called and what did you tell him? (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember who I called. (laughs) Um, what did you tell what Josh? What did you, you tell? Back? Yeah, the first person you talked like, to. How did you explain it? it? I mean, it's just like any other like phenomenon. Like, it's just like you can't really explain it. You're just there. To be honest, I barely remember the match. Yeah. I just remember being in awe of the wall, and my seats uh, during the match happened to be right above uh, the Hamburg supporters because they were playing mm-hmm. Hamburg. Right. That was the year they got relegated after however many years. And. Uh, I was in awe of the away supporters, you know, I was yep. just watching them. They were going super hard. Like, they had one one chant where they, like, clear the aisle and everyone kind of separates. They start a chant, and then when the beat drops, or when the beat's supposed to drop, they just mosh in the middle of the aisles. My fucking head exploded. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? 
Um, did you feel more fired up about what we our potential in LA after seeing it yourself? Yeah. I mean, like you said, like the your your finance people scoffed at you. I couldn't believe it when they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna send you to church." Yeah. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck are you guys talking about? What?" Yeah, man, and it wasn't just even that. Like just leading up to that, like the 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 soccer museum, the the world's or is yeah, it the German world football museum? Yeah, the German mm -hmm. football museum. You know, all the history in there, and how many people are going there, and compared to a lot of the supporters. Um, in the North End, like, Josh and I are, are fairly newer to that culture, to that community. So learning about that was when it just, yeah, like you said, it clicked. Like, Good. okay, it, like, this is possible. This and, and then um, explaining the trip for listeners, what happened is that Olaf convinced the club execs that we were worthy of a trip. They had to articulate to their supporters that we weren't just some... Um, Hollywood club coming in with no heart and depth and support. Yeah. So getting the cosign to even take the trip was crazy talk. Yeah. On their side too, because if the, their supporters revolted against these guys bringing in this these group of you know people which they who never did. kicked a ball, which they did. Yeah. I'm gonna get there too. Yeah, that was. <laughs> so fun. we get there, and our first meeting is with the chief, basically the chief business officer of Dortmund, which is crazy talk, and then. Um, their head of I mean digital and their shout out Ray who went through like a twelve pack of coke yeah, during Ray, that meeting. Ray, Ray orders twenty five coke during the meeting, which is great. Um, but we're we're at their headquarters and they're sharing mm -hmm. about their club and about how to work, you know, how to build with supporters. And all of us, what twelve fifteen of us, were in a conference room with the heads of Bruce at Dortmund. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, and they were still sniff testing us. There was still dialogue on the side. Is that you know are these guys we should align with or even be open to? And at that time they obviously had Pulisic, yeah. So for them, how do they build their awareness in LA? Mm -hmm. So a they met each one of you and they had real talk and they co-signed there, and then we all went to the match and we had no gear on basically. We were pretty low key just to kind of because we weren't completely accepted. One more thing I have to shout out during that mm -hmm. meeting with the. The chief business officer. Karsten Kramer, thank you. Yeah. Benedict Schultz, thank you. Um, you know, if they didn't think we were serious, shout out Commander who showed up with the fucking styrofoam skull with the yep. top hat to show that we Commander were Commander with a serious. skull head Love taking it. a tour of the, Signal and The Duna funny Park. thing was, is before we went to that meeting, Rich told us, make sure you guys tone it down a little with the LAFC stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Commander shows up. <laughs> well, their, their supporters weren't totally co-signed on, on us even going to a game. So at the match, we just had to be low-key and observe and watch. So none of us went into the wall, nor were we allowed on the wall. Yeah. But we were all hovering around it and, I think, just learning and watching. Well, there is more. Bef leading up to the match, we took a little tour. Oh, the um, church. Remember the, the church. church. Um, you know, like the, the historic spots that created uh, Dortmund. Uh, the guys that started it all went to a church together. That's crazy. We were supposed to go to the pub that they had the meeting at to, to get the club going. Um, but we weren't allowed to go to the pub because the supporters were waiting there to fuck us up. <laughs> so, for the people that think Don't like... Don't tell my wife know, that, Sam. I, I can't go on trips anymore. Right? I mean, let's be real. No, which is real. Like, that, that's like part of the story, which yeah, is dope. Like, these are like real people that are passionate about their shit. And they're like, it's, you know, they're, they're protective of it. They're not going to let... You know, th like we said, this is steel or, or mining country in, in Germany. 
these guys hate the concept of Hollywood anything glitz and fake. glamour. Right. You anything know what I mean? And you and in some ways it's it's funny, right? Because like you guys are battling against the the perceptions in your own city yeah. abroad right, exactly. that you're honestly battling like day to day here in LA itself yeah, like right. cuz you're trying to make a people's club in a city that worldwide yep. people don't necessarily think people's <laughs> people's city exactly, first right exactly and uh, you know like it, it's it's interesting with our club because it goes from the top down like it's it's a club where these super famous people do come around and stand shoulder to shoulder with us whether mm-hmm. it's at free play when our supporters got to you know, Mia Hamm starts off a chant, like, at at a bar. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. We just had Joe Russo, director of the Avengers, who's a season ticket member, and, like, he's all in. Right. It's like... So, it's, it, it, in a way, it's like, yeah, you'll always inevitably deal with certain types of shine, yeah. like, with the club, and being part of L.A. means being part of that. It's just... It's not the whole hat. It's just the gold part of the hat. Yeah. Right? Like, well, what's cool about the club is, yeah, like you said, it, it outside of that you know, what we call our cathedral, like, yeah, there, there are those, like, oh, the the director of the Avengers, or, you know what I mean? But when you're there, it's just like, you could high-five the director of Avengers and not give a fuck at that moment. Right. You know what I mean? They don't matter. There were uh, two things that happened from that trip, which I don't know if you know exactly, well, you know one of them, obviously, but um, on the bus ride to the airport at four in the morning, uh-huh. I was sitting with Joseph, our, our first president, and we were talking about what is our victory celebration. And it was right there, literally in the front of the team bus. We were on the Dortmund team bus, taking uh-huh. us to the airport, that we talked about the Shalala uh, for the first time. Yeah, I was like, because I want, you know, we talked, like, we got to get to the, it's coming, the season's coming. What's our victory celebration? And it happened for, yeah. on the heels of the Dortmund trip with me and Joseph, you know, on cloud nine, just dreaming big that we just had this incredible group experience and we're going to come back to L.A. and bring it. And that's where the Shalala was born, on the front of that bus. And then we talked to Saman and got everything else kind of, you know, built yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And this was, this was February 2018, right? February, A month before the season, I think. I remember it was during uh, February. preseason at UCLA. Yeah, yeah, and by the way, it was aggressive to even take the trip. I mean, it was February. Yeah, like, yeah, we had yeah. to move fast. And the second thing was, that's why we had our friendly with Dortmund, was that they believed in what we were building and they believe they took a risk to co-sign with us and that's why we wanted our very first international friendly in the history of the bank to be with a club whose spirit we want to emulate and 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 co-sign with Uh, but that's how the Dortmund friendly happened Uh, and that was also rushed I mean that was in May during our season yeah yeah, yeah. which never happened so everything about uh, the trip to Dortmund to us being there to, you know, I remember Jimmy and Cassie were trying to get into the yellow wall and they got a big, you know, stiff hand, you know, <laughs> get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, the commander rocking it. I mean, Fernando and Gil and, I mean, a ton of us were there. Yeah. Pat and Marcus and the whole crew. All that was crazy talk. And then Dortmund pops in our stadium and then we sell it out and Pulisic is there talking about our stadium and our support. So that's just full circle you know, vision and dream big and let's go for it and, and nobody's going to stop us. So I think that's what BVB means to me. Were the, yeah. were the people like within the club after you guys actually did the trip and, and Dortmund came here and when all was said and done, were people like, wow, like even internally pretty stunned that it all kind of like worked the, out the way it did. The LXC journey has been cool because there's a bunch of moments where people, when they see it, they tell you that they got, they get it now. It it was it's, it wasn't hard for people to academically understand why the trip would be interesting, but then 
the fire that we brought back and the perspective and you know out of the 12 people how many hundreds of people they probably talked to right, right. over the next six months about that trip and about what we can create in la yeah. but the my favorite moments are the i got it like after our first game when the north end showed up and i, I probably had seven people in the office on monday come up to me and they told me i get it now mm. that was incredible that's awesome because guess what they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I mean, it's they hard to articulate it. unless you've seen something similar or you've. You'll make yeah, believers I mean, of us all. And for, yeah. for, for, for you know, for an American mm. sports fan, there is no equivalent. Yeah, yeah. people no can try to compare it to certain types of college sports, but yeah. it's, it's really not the same. It's a lot different. Yeah, there yeah. there were little tidbits that we would have never picked up unless we went there, like seeing not the whole yellow wall jumping up and down but like the center core of it yeah we, we talked about the heartbeat movement mm-hmm. we all talked about that yeah. is you gotta protect the heart yep and that's the heart of the north end is to protect the heart yeah and the big ass 10, 10 foot by 10 foot flags that never stop waving throughout the mm-hmm. whole match over there that's where we got that in the north end you know what and I mean? our all flags those are flags money. that never our pre-game. stop yeah. all that you know we we saw it and we are like we, we picked the parts that we we connected with and I'll, I want to I mean I'll, I'll thank them now I'll thank Olaf mm-hmm. I'll thank Carson and Benedict and their entire team I'll thank the supporters that didn't chase us down and hunt for us when we were there yeah but you know I'll thank them now because they they um, believed in our vision yeah. and now I guarantee you all of them are like all right, we made the right choice to let right. these guys in and, and give them a shot I mean, talking strong. about like them believing the vision you're talking about them kind of sniffing you guys out and making sure that you guys believed in this thing as hard as they did or you were authentic about it yep. like what what did that feel like what 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 kind of mood did these kind of like solo talks and interviews take where it's like is it as simple as like why LAFC are they asking you that like what mm-hmm. how what was their kind of bullshit meter to be like these guys they, they want to live this like what what did that feel like they were first of all anybody overseas or with a hundred year old club they're they're insanely curious how the hell can you start from scratch and and that was their first questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. is is how are you going to do this? And so they can't even identify or relate to not having a hundred year old club in their backyard. Gotcha. And then when they saw our energy and our fire, they were like, "Wow!" And how? Yeah. And what I always say is that we didn't have to teach football culture in L.A. I mean, you just heard the horns right here. This yeah, guy's that's the Ben Dose truck, baby. Yeah, he, he's probably kicking a soccer ball before he got in the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have to teach it here. Mm. We just, the opportunity was to build a home and mm. to use the right language and the right authenticity. So even football versus soccer was a three-month argument internally. Mm. And, you know, those of us who love football club, we just, you know, you want your Argentinian buddy and your German buddy and your English buddy to know that we're not Americanizing this new creation, this new club called LAC. Like, we're going legit and authentic because yeah. then they're going to tell their casual buddy who never supported soccer, like, this feels like home. This feels like Dortmund. This feels like St. Pauli. Um, because part of it, part of it is like I think, by choosing football, you're choosing to participate in the global exactly. game, a game you did not invent. Mm-hmm. Yep. And much mm-hmm. as you might try to make it yours, and you can you can do that, you're participating in something bigger than your country or your city. Right. The whole thing can be in You're joining in the in the conversation, right? <laughs> you're not trying to like sp- make it so specific for you, and you own it yeah. because you didn't start it, mm-hmm. and you didn't. You know what I mean? You can do your spin on it. You can invent your own ideas, have your own players, but. Yeah, that, that part's been interesting to watch, for sure. And the conversation always goes on yep. with new MLS teams. Right. Yeah, MLS, soccer. I'm trying to gentrify soccer. <laughs> I, just, I just talked to Nashville. They chose soccer because it's southern football country. 
So I, I got the reason. I didn't, I didn't necessarily agree with it. Yeah. I think they, you know, part of what we've done is just we've been bold. Everything we've been doing. Like if, if we looked right and left this entire building process, it wouldn't have happened. Right. Mm. So from our owners, you know, betting big in the heart of the city, like everything we've done has been bold. Um, but I understood where they were coming from when they explained the why. Gotcha. I mean, you talked about just not because of L.A. being the crossroads of every culture that you don't have to teach this thing, yep. but the need for putting a home up there yep. and all this building architect language here. Like, what was most important for you even after this trip to Dortmund about, like, first building and then maintaining a home for these people who have... I mean, the game for a lot of Angelinos have been with them for the generations, yep. right? They've had their allegiance yeah. before. What's important You have, like, 16,000 micro-homes. Right, 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 exactly. Like, around the city where there are bars or people's living rooms. Exactly. Or a home, small a, little Homes everywhere, micro-homes, yeah. exactly. What, what's important about about this idea of a Los Angeles home for, for football? Yeah, I think the, the first, our first commitment, you, you know, Tom and the, and the first, uh, you know, Mia and, and Tony Robbins, when they all got together, they talked about uniting the world city through the world's game, first of all. And to us, that means that everyone is welcome. <coughs> everyone belongs. I think not approaching anybody with judgment out of the gate. Like, I don't care if, Alex, if you like, who's your, uh, is it Arsenal? Is that that team? Yeah. yeah. Alex loves Harry Kane. <laughs> I love the picture of Harry Kane in an Arsenal jersey. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Arsenal will also be playing in Moldova. Rich is talking real high for, uh, for a team who's been in the Europa for, hey, tomorrow for much gets of Ajax. his life. We got Ajax coming. I know. Yeah. Just in case this is the night before, yeah. Yeah. Rich is sad for Rich, you tell us what's good to eat in Moldova. Okay, I'm sure you've okay. been there before. Huh? <laughs> shout out, Sonny. I hope you all win. Yeah, yeah shout out, Sonny. Um, uh, no judgment at the gate, no matter where you came from. Yeah. You know, when we met, first met Commander and Ray and Julio and then you know, Jimmy and Joseph and those guys, like we didn't care where anybody came from if they were authentic about the city and authentic about this, the, the culture, number one. So that that was cool because, you know, people were in our ears about who not to meet with and who to meet with. Yeah. Mm. And then the second thing is, you know, the home. Were, they, were those guys on the list of who not to meet with? Uh uh, some some people were in our ears that it should be Give a, a gem, it should be a hundred percent clean break, mm-hmm. right? And, <laughs> and to start something hundred percent new, yeah. And you know, to us, the the new was just a proper club in the heart of the city. Mm. The new was extreme co-creation and building together. So, meeting all the early people is that we were committed to you know feedback and what do you guys want in a club? And the two things that kept brewing were safe standing and a supporters bar. Mm-hmm. Period. And then for a year, you know, Benny Tran kind of led the way in the research. And for a year, we were researching uh, the cost of that and how feasible it was. Um, but it was ju- it was just listening and and building what people asked for, which obviously got everybody fired up. And it held all of us. All of us were accountable to each other. Mm-hmm. So if, if if Dweezy asked for one thing, if, if Dweezy wants me to bring him some fancy black tea, and I bring the black tea, I'm going to say, all right, where's my uh, where's my uh, you know, gourmet hot dog. Like, let's, let's go. Like, yeah. hotel accountable. So, uh-huh. you know, getting that safe standing and the support bar, like, let's go now. Like, Sam, like, bring it. Where's Josh? Yeah. And then we met Josh, and then we met Sue, and then we met everybody else. So it's like, let's let's build it. You guys asked for it. Let's build it. And that's kind of what, what started the energy. Right. And I think this is something that, it's interesting you say it because, like, people who didn't get it and who get it now, like, for the Dortmund trip, I still, I think there's parts of that I don't get, especially because how I think LAFC, um, Divult, like diverted away from what Dortmund supporters feel like about it's important to protect, but the open nature of it is something that allowed 
me yeah. to get involved. Yep. You know, that's completely different from how the Dortmund but, should support Well, that's probably why, because in Dortmund, as Rich was saying, he didn't. they didn't understand what it was like to build something from scratch. To build yeah. something from scratch, you can't be close. Right. Yep. Because right, if it's right. closed, that's guess huge. what? You have your own little club with your little friends, and the 15 of you guys get to enjoy it, and mm. nobody else gets involved, and it doesn't become what LAFC became, which was a movement. Right, right, right. That's how you turn into people. the fucking San Jose Ultras. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, that, that's happening now. Because mm. you'll get new people in the stands, and they're rocking, you know... Uh, they're just rocking all kinds of outfits and gear and bling and you know our our spirit is you know I, I want to celebrate everybody who keeps showing up yeah with consistency sure. I don't care if Josh rocks a neon wig you will but after I while, will yeah, yeah. but if you keep showing up who am I right who am I to tell you you don't belong if you keep showing up yeah and we all get the the, 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 the quick hits and these people are going for attention I get that and I'm not supportive of that but if you keep showing up, like that's exactly how we built this. Because again, people were in our, in our ears about not accepting everybody. Mm-hmm. And if we would have done that, it would have been the biggest mistake ever. Ever. If if we didn't embrace everybody who walked through the door, I always say that Fernando would not have met Julio and Ray and Jimmy and Joseph and had that leadership experience right in front of him right. to give him the firepower and the knowledge to build, to create his own thing, mm-hmm. you know, through their OG leadership. Yeah. And that would have been the biggest mistake ever was not to be inclusive out of the gate. Huge mistake. I think that summarizes the Dortmund trip in, in many respects as well because I heard about it, everyone heard about it when they came back, so even the 12 people that didn't go on it, I think we all got to, like, experience some, you know, views into, like, that world and, and to hear, like, all the different ways, the nuances of the trip is also helpful. Uh, I hope the listeners can now have a more nuanced understanding of like that relationship and how big of a deal it was that that Dortmund was the first team to ever play a friendly here. Mm. A, a club like that, when mm-hmm. you have like all the big six in England, when you have Real Madrid's, the Barcelonas of the world, that would be that would love to come have a game in the heart of LA. You know what that's like for them, right? Like people blowing up your phone wanting to come play a friendly at you know LAFC. It's like for Dortmund, it's, it's and big. those are pay to play. Mm-hmm. You know, when the big clubs come, they're looking for a big check. It's mm-hmm. very transactional. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to kick everything off with a relationship. And we didn't pay Dortmund a big check to come. It was mutual that we wanted it to, you know, align in the heart of the city. And that's, that's, that actually was a big kickstart for everything that we're about. Yeah, I mean, just in general, like, going back to what Rich was talking about with, like, planning out the safe standing and all that, like, the club going ahead and listening to, to the supporters and building that out, the main thing that that did was, like, give give the supporters a sense of ownership of, of not just our club but of our stadium of our home. So that, like, you can't help but to have passion for something you have a, a sense of ownership of, and that's that's kind of the same deal in Dortmund where, that's a, a supporter owned club, right? Yep, supporter so, club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, just those little things, like that same spirit of being an actual supporter owned club. And then the, the club being able to operate and, and listen enough and meet with us enough to give us that same feeling of ownership, like to, to move forward and have Co-creating, that Co-creating, yeah. yeah just that, that, and that's that's you know, what it's all about. What's cool is when you talk about club to club and partnerships, you know, <coughs> a commercial partnership is not realistic. Nobody wants to share sponsors. Sure. Especially clubs like Man United. Right, guys? <sighs> and then... Um, you know, sport. Shout out to Top Ramen, official yeah. ramen of Manchester United Football Club. <laughs> yeah, sport. Nobody's going to send their, their young 16-year-old superstar to the LAFC system yet, right? It's unrealistic. What 
the cool thing about Dortmund is that what we created was was a new lane of mm. a partnership, which was what we consider a cultural exchange. It was as simple as that, and we used that model to build a relationship, and then it turned into a friendly. So like we came at it culture, culture, culture first. Mm -hmm. It was a culture conversation um, that led to stuff we could have never you know imagined, which is pretty cool. Culture first. Well, uh, I think that, that covers Dortmund for now. We're going to take one more quick break. We'll be back with one more segment with Rich, a little bit of tea. With Dweez. Love it. And we'll talk soon. We are back, FCFC Pod, Exposition Park, Backyard, Rich Rosco. Tonight we're drinking a little show pour from Yunnan Sourcing. The homie hooked it up. This one's from 2016. Oh. You know, we got like vintages, you know? We got like vintages like you wine people. Um, you schnapps. And so, yeah, hopefully, mm, hopefully Rich will schnapps. like it. It's, uh, he already had the black tea tonight. I was going to serve black tea, but this is the next best thing because it's like a really black tea in terms of color. Wow. Dweez is showing Rich is uh, how black the tea wow. is right now. If you guys uh, go to dim sum, that kind of thing, you've probably had this sort of tea before. But it's, it's really nice on a, on a cold little evening, which we got here. Rich, we got a few more things to discuss before we let you go this evening. Um, Josh, you want to jump in? <coughs> Yeah, man. I just want to say we save all the ceremony for the last part. Like, <laughs> sure, we are in a backyard, all that, but we have a. Am I about to get tea jumped after this tea? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it over. ends like that. It always, it Goodbye, always ends Rich. like that. It's been nice, dude. This is, um, I mean, since LAFC has become, you know, this monster, this animal that it has, and as lovers of LA, we all have Angelino, Angelino sympathies here, right? What is uh? The landscape of LA and LA sports look like now that LAFC is not only firmly a chapter, but very much the future of what the city holds. Uh, I'm excited you asked that because I think every everyone's shocked. I think we've talked to almost every core team. We had, again, people who doubted that we could pull this off. I mean, look at the keys we got in 2014. You're coming into a nine professional team market. You're coming into a market with two new NFL teams coming. In the same sport as a five-time champ, in the same sport as a failed franchise, you know, Dweezy, good luck, figure it out. And, you know, it's everything about this is is in the impossible lane. Mm. You know, us four in the backyard here is is you know should have been should not have happened. Improbable, if not. Yeah, it's improbable. Yeah. Um, so I think the other teams are pretty shocked, and they're they're everybody's asked, how the hell did you do this? What is that North End? What is your fan base? What I see caps everywhere. Like, how did this happen? And I and what they're I think they're most surprised about is what we've always coined our street by street, block by block, one by one approach. Mm. Is that every single conversation matters? And you know, if you're default any, if if you're thinking business and transactions, you always think, how do I get a thousand Sams? not how do I develop a real connection with Sam mm. and let it grow from there. And so we never thought about, in our heads was not about transaction or commerce out of the gate. We didn't think about what is that billboard campaign that can dupe you into <coughs> yeah. buying tickets. Right. We knew we couldn't Freaking affect. Yes, yeah, 
you know, we don't want to, you know, nobody likes history class since 96. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to look in the past. True. Um, but we were patient with the, and Dortmund's a good example. We brought 12 people to Germany. And if you look at that with math, it, from a traditional sense from the other teams in town, they wouldn't care about 12 people. Right. So Name one sports team in L.A. that would care about 12 people. And I think that's how we're different is because we knew if you have a real meaningful connection with those 12, they're going to turn into thousands. Yeah. The and Lakers barely care about the 12 people on the court, man. It's, and yeah. Now we're talking about support. Yeah. Right? Well, well, so, the Lakers so, into this with your shitty-ass Knicks. <laughs> so that's like kind of like the deceptive part of it, right? I mean, like even the idea of like you talked about like language, I think, in Jerry's interview, like the brand and community yeah. versus marketing. And like yeah. on the one hand, you, you're saying like, well, like, yeah, but it's different. Like it's just like another way of marketing, but it it is and it isn't because it's also a true thing, like to connect with somebody, right? And yeah. to have like a build it. The fact that it also does what you're trying to do with those other avenues is like a benefit that I think is a long term play that people maybe just don't trust on the business I mean, side. Yeah, okay. word right. of mouth is the original marketing, y'all. Yeah, I mean, it took twelve disciples, right, Josh? That's right. Yeah. Oh, let's get let's get religious. I like that. <laughs> You love getting rid of oh, I love it. Rich, Wait, hold on. Before, 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 we religious, before we get religious, before we get religious, Rich, I forgot. flip. You. We're going to have to flip this cup. These are some Taiwanese tasting tea glasses. You're going to flip it over like that? Yeah. Keep them, keep them locked. So, yeah. Okay. And then flip it. Wow. Now you're going to pull, set it down. And then you're going to pull this top one. You pull the top one up. It's a it's a smell cup. So you pull it up. It's, it'll seem like it's going to overflow. It's not. Wow. And then you smell this guy. Gives you an idea of what, you, what you're sipping on. And oh, yeah. then, uh, mm. this one. This is a dark one. Pretty deep. I'm yeah. really Old impressed. Flavor. Do you take a shot? No, no, So you just smell that, and then, yeah, you can drink this as wow. you like. And if you keep wanting more tea, just keep your keep your glass near me, and I'll keep filling you up. Amazing. Thank you. Tea time! My voice is still not back from wow. fucking brutal Sunday's match 0-0 <laughs> against the fire. So, uh, anyways, continuing on in terms of, like, the impact with, like, L.A. teams, it also sounds like, and I would assume other teams in MLS are like kind of talking to you guys, new expansion teams, yep. people like, what are those conversations like? I mean, is it something where you're advocating to, for them to try these kind of approaches or, you know, what, give us some insight into, into how those convos go. Sure. A lot of voices in our ears were just not to trust and, you know, supporter culture and Dortmund obviously taught of this and we all get it is the heartbeat of everything. Mm. And, you know, if we if the MLS wants a big broadcast deal, you know, 10 years from now, the the matches have to look like fire, you know, on TV, because that's what gets people's curiosity going. And what is going on in Dortmund or what's going on in St. Pauli? Mm. There can't be empty seats on the TV. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you know, Old Trafford's really quiet, but everything else you watch overseas <laughs> Jeez, is, is. Hey, you know, we started making noise after Maria. Yeah, but we'll, we'll watch a Boca game. To see the the heartbeats in the stadium, yeah, you watch it just to see the madness, yeah, totally. And you know the challenge in some MLS markets is the relationship between supporters and the, and 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 staff in the front office. And what we tried to create out of the gate was just trust. Period. That we we all need each other, and we all want the same thing, and we're going to build together. And you know nobody gave us the map to create trust because trust is just doing what you say you're going to do. Mm. Uh, and being consistent, like I said, about just keep showing up. Showing up. That's it, showing up. And that's where the magic happens. Um, and, you know, that's the question most clubs ask us, especially the newest. How how did you do it? 
how do you how do you work together? How do you how do you know, how, how do you all stay aligned? And what I always say is when you you know if you're at a match and you're looking at the North End, what I believe is that it's actually the entire stadium, not just the North End, but the people who are bringing the fire in the entire stadium. You know they feel loved and respected by the club, mm. and I think that's the truth. That's what we all see, right? Because nobody's gonna bring it as hard as you bring it if you don't feel like you're appreciated and loved and respected. Yeah. So, um, so when I, when I have a, I'll go back to Nashville. They called me this week, and I said that exact same thing. Is that you know if if the community doesn't feel like you love and respect them, period, it's not gonna work. Uh, then the personality is going to come out, and then it's gonna, the right and wrong is going to come out, and things are not going to get built. And I think with you know supporter culture, is, it, it's people. You just talked about uh, Chicago, Sam. Mm-hmm. That uh, you, were, you you did, but you were surprised it was a middle aged, yeah, you know, lady. Yeah, women were running it, and just something you probably didn't have in your head. But um, it's just people. When you get down to it, it's all people. So if you have a genuine love and respect for people, and you're not. You don't come with judgment. You could build something that other people thought you couldn't build. No, there was so many people who did not think we can build this kind of a supporter culture in LA. Yeah, it still doesn't make sense. No, no. The only passionate fans we have in LA are the ones that want to get violent. <laughs> in <laughs> my opinion, I mean, let's be honest. Our, our <clears throat> first passionate fans are probably our, our Dodgers fans. And you can't you can't walk through a, a fucking parking lot in in other colors. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah, I mean, it's it's something unfathomable. Like that, the thing that baffles me the most about the thirty two fifty two is, like you said, finding that many people that are willing to participate. Yeah. Because L A is all about being too cool, being yeah. too cool to kick it, being too cool to become a. Like, like fangirl or fanboy out over a celebrity being in a restaurant with you, you know, like that. Uh, LA's always about being cool, but there ain't, ain't not, like we're not trying to look cool in the north, and we're just there to support our team and and like exude our love for it. Yeah, grown I mean, ass men like crying in the stands, like it's yeah, the craziest thing if, I've ever. If seen. you go to a Laker game, the first thing anyone does is they look in the front row and they try to see if there's a celebrity there. Yeah. And that's not what that's a not, kick. Yeah, that's not inviting. It's mm-hmm. not community. You mm-hmm. go to our matches, you, you look at the people. Yeah, you're, you're not looking for somebody. You're looking at just this energy. The mass, right? The um, mass. I think the Dodgers are, you know, our our brothers, so to speak. You know, they they are what we believe is they're the cultural icon of the city mm-hmm. for sure. And when the Dodgers are winning, we're all high fiving and rocking our caps and. That's who we want. That's who we aspire to be. Is Rich to be, trying to take over the L.A. cap world, bro. There you go. It's our cousins, the Dodgers. Slowly, slowly but surely. Um, but I think they're as close to us as far as their their ethos and spirit and how they bring the community together. Um, and you know the, the the Clippers are taking their swing right now. You yeah. know when they get their their own arena and their own identity, um, they can very well bring the people power. And guess who's gonna guess who's gonna suffer? Yeah, they're definitely uh, reaching out to the community more. I yeah, but we we showed what could happen. It, with football, yeah, and with a with a franchise has been there here for twenty years, and we showed what can they they can do the same thing to the Lakers, guarantee you. Um, you know, you gotta refocus on the one by one, and that's that's how you know you 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 cement yourself in this market as a people. Right, and I think I mean Rich will dig this, but Rich 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 calls it I think in Instagram a lot, just like 
<laughs> when we have a Sunday game, it's, it's church, right? It's church. <laughs> I brought uh, my pastor to the rain I delay game. I said the same game. thing, man. Oh, you brought did? my pastor to the rain delay game, oh. and um, he's a Dodger, Dodger guy all yeah. through and through, and like he like loves the spirit of the tailgate. He's like, I get it. I can't condone the drinking, of course. We'll like, <laughs> go on there, but... Um, what he said was the the one by one feeling. And he has never read LAC, um like language before, but mm-hmm. it's like he felt that he felt that right away, and he understood that that it was something about community and treating everyone as as equal and and one by one. And even with um, when uh, we you had uh, Erwin McManus from oh, Mosaic yeah. Church over here, who's been building community in in Hollywood in LA for forever. You know, he's mm-hmm. been a titan here, but. And he, he freaking, and I think Rich put up his sermon the, the day after. He's, and Irwin's, uh, Pastor Irwin's sermon was, uh, build, you build what you love. Yep. You build what you love. And um, it comes from the mutual respect that the club pays its supporters. But at the same time, like, going from a global pastor like Irwin to someone who's more local, like uh, Pastor Dennis from my church, it's like, they understood the kind of energy and the kind of spirit you're playing with right away. Yep. And, and they got it. And they're like, because they're from L.A., they loved it. And they embraced it because... I mean, above, like, most other people, like, they understand the community building. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that's, 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 it does feel like church a lot of times. A little, a little more. A little, little blast <laughs> was coming yeah. from Josh. Yeah, you know, but, hey, I, I mean, I think we all kind of want something like that. The first article I wrote about LAFC back in, like, 2015 or whatever it was, 14, I don't remember, 15, it must have been 15, was like, uh, you know, this club will be our church kind of thing, like a call to arms. And uh, a call in to terms arms, of, call in terms to of getting arms. it like that. Dweezy also said he had a list in this first article mm. about LFC. I think the article was called LFC I Love You, Don't What? Don't Screw It Up. Don't Screw It Don't Up. Screw up. Uh, this is uh, how Dweezy became yeah, we part got, of the... We, we got to add this link to uh, when you guys email people. We got to make sure the listeners know this link. Oh, yeah. But you got to Google Alex Dwyer LFC Howler. Howler article. He was kind of a soothsayer. He talked about a downtown stadium. Craft beer, colors, the music, logo, food. He loved the name LAC. He thought that was perfect. He talked about the celebrity element. Boo. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I mentioned, no, I mentioned Will Ferrell. And you mentioned Drake. And I said, don't bring Drake. Yeah, don't bring Drake. We didn't bring Drake. <laughs> but what Alex said at the end of the article, and I want to put it on record right now, he says, I am getting an LAC tattoo in the place of a planned Arsenal one. Yes! If you do at least two of these ten things, yeah, LAFC. <laughs> I don't know how the two of the ten things, I swear I have to go back and look at the original version. I oh, said it said two things. It had to things. have said ten. Uh, you ten. said in the bar. I don't know. Yeah, we're the two cover, two, but two seems I'm gonna, low. right here in the backyard, <laughs> Alex has never gotten his LAFC tattoo, and he wrote this in 2015. Ooh. That's how we knew his found out his name. <laughs> so right here, Alex, be a man of your word, have integrity, for the club and get your damn tattoo. Yeah, well, well, what are the what are the, what's the list? That was, that was it. Have right? you never seen it? Well, I have. But I, it's I a mean, longer article. He talked about what we should have stayed in the heart of the city. It's a longer article. He talked about like having craft beer. He talked about <laughs> this is the life of a hype man. Yeah, <laughs> we keep, just get to the keep hot the point. name. He just he told us all these things that we should do. He said, "Yeah, LSC, I love you. Don't screw it up." Yeah. What I'm saying is, we definitely hit at least two of those, and he said he would get a tattoo. No, but can I say? Uh, if I could have my own moment here, though, real quick with this. When I wrote that article, I heard from no one mm-hmm. for, like, a year and two months. <laughs> like, I didn't hear, a, like, a peep yeah. from anyone. Like, I had, I had, you know, signed up for season tickets like everybody else, whatever. Um, and I just, like, wrote that because I kept thinking about it. And I was like, all right, if I don't do this, and luckily the people at Howler were, like, interested in publishing such a 
you know, bizarre little yeah. little wish list. Dwee style piece. Uh, but I didn't hear anything. And I, did, I was assumed that, you know, actually, shout outs to Casey. Mm-hmm. Casey so was so. my my ticket mm-hmm. season ticket representative, and I talked to him so on the phone. So. And he's like, "Well, what are you like looking for?" And I'm like, "Have you ever watched Soccer Night?" At the time, he was like, "Nah, not really." And I just like talked his ear off for like all the time. I'm like, "By the way, do you got any got any hats? Got any got any shirts?" <laughs> he's like, "Come on, man, send me some stuff." And, and, and I was just like giving him shit, right? But but I was also like, if you ever like want to know what I want, just like read this article. You know, I'm just like, just read the damn article. You know, yeah. and my cousin would say the same thing. My mom, she's a season ticket holder in the South End, she'd say the same thing. And it was really funny because I just assumed still like he had never read it or anyone read it. And then when I finally went in to meet him back in like the summer of what would, that would have been 2016. Yeah, something like that at the Experience Center. Uh, yeah, you, you were like walking out. And well, Casey's he came to like, grab me. Yeah, yeah. Casey's he's, just, like, he's just Dwyer's here. And, I was, and you're like, oh, you wrote that article? You're the guy! <laughs> Hype man! You, you brought me in, I got to meet everybody, and yeah, like... Because you... And you had like some of the things, you're like, look, we had like, yeah. you had written down, like, and we had a lot of the same... So, I, I, the reason, you know, we've all, we've all, everybody here at the table and more have built what we built, is because if you guys had the keys that we had, you would have done 95% of the same thing. Because we were just... L.A., 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 and football, football, football. That was it. And that's why your article resonated with us. Because you, if you were with us in March of 15, we would have done the same thing. And I think that's why this is happening. Is that, you know, we didn't create the, again, football culture. Mm. We just, uh, you know, uh, uh, we, we revere it. Yeah. And that's what we've all resonated to. Uh, but I do have a question for you guys. And we can go around in a circle real quick. Mm. But to Sam first... In all honestly, honesty, why LAFC? <laughs> well, that's I mean, a new question. Yeah. It's a good. new question. Because it's good. Let's go. Uh, we had planned this as a segment on the pod for every <laughs> every episode earlier on, but then just like we were like, we, we already have... fucking asked everybody. <laughs> Come on, Sam, let's go. We didn't have the same way. Um, why? Thirty seconds. Why? Thirty seconds. Uh I fell in love with the community. I, I fell in love with the people. Um uh, it's it's already been stated on this podcast that the way I got into LAFC was through Chi starting mm-hmm. to work for the club, um, and then you know on his Instagram posting videos of you know supporters popping off smoke the fucking styrofoam skull head like I was like like wait like I thought the team didn't have any players yet like it didn't make sense to me and I you know like. I, I was a newer supporter of of the culture of the game so I would see like viral videos of like supporters and I was I would always be like you know from like Amsterdam or wherever they're from Germany like and I would be in awe of it, like that's fucking nuts you know but like I never thought that I would be able to be part of like that section you know what I mean and then yeah, I mean, like, another thing I always say on this podcast is um, L.A. is such a diverse place, and there's so many people here, and we're neighbors with so many different types of people, and I feel like without LAFC, I wouldn't have been able to meet, or I know that without LAFC, I wouldn't have been able to meet all the people that pretty much take up my whole social life now. Like, my friends don't even call me anymore because they know I'm fucking painting flags on a Friday night, or, like, I have to wake up early for... <laughs> You know, like some type of supporters event in the morning on a Saturday. You're not waking up early. Don't even go there. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I show up casually late. But this pretty much has consumed my life. And, you know, as of right now, I'm okay with it. 
Josh. I think I've I've been a fan of teams that I've revered, but have been completely inaccessible, right? So mm-hmm. my dream growing up was like one day I might have Yankee season tickets, or, or or maybe I could go to like maybe like ten Nick games a year, and then like call it like a good fucking life, you know? Um, <laughs> but it's I think soccer has always been because of the World Cup, because of kind of a, a new, newer United interest, like became kind of my secretly favorite thing, favorite sport. Uh, to, to fan over but I never really had an outlet to do so and um, mm. because the same kind of barrier was up either it's in a different continent or whatever <coughs> and um, I was looking for a way to really kind of understand fandom and understand supporting in, in a different way and LFC was the answer to that like every way the same way that Sam was like I never thought I'd be one of the guys in the in the with the crazies mm. <laughs> with the crazies yeah like it's That's and exactly that, yeah whoop whoop <laughs> Like, we're, we're amidst that. We're amidst that all the time, and we're building it actively, right? And so LAFC was really the opportunity to build something from the ground up for sure, but also, like, having a relationship with a club that's more than just transactional, that's more than just buying a T-shirt. Yep. And um, that becomes something that is going to be important for me and hopefully the generations of me to come. You know, that's, it's, it gave me an answer to that that I didn't know existed. Here in the states, that was religious. So LAC is the answer. Yeah. Oh Jesus I like Christ! That Sorry, Pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus I like that. That. <laughs> LAC is the answer. Oh, I mean, one more thing I'll add on is um, another big thing that that with me, Chi, Josh, Sujin, Teach. Um, the reason why the Tigers exist is because we wanted Korean Americans and Koreans to be part of LA sports history. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we saw what you know, our original five, um, you know, with, with D9 and Luckies and BA and Expos and Cuervos were doing, we we want to be part of that and we want to represent, you know, our people in doing so. Um, and I think that's a big reason why LAFC, because like you said, um, well, with us, it, people weren't, like you said, it was all about being open, but it was kind of like that Dortmund feeling where when we first came in, um, people had to feel us out. And to be honest, I would say for right reason, because like I always say, like Koreans are a lot of Koreans are socially awkward without alcohol. So for us to be in that fandom mode, like that comes from, I mean, in in L.A. culture, like the only place you see it is the Latino culture. You know what I mean? So for us to to cross over and and, you know, for for those other supporters groups to embrace us after they tested us out a little bit, felt us out and saw if we were about it. For them to embrace us and be able to teach us that and, you know, the moments we had, like, with with being surprised with Sun and, you know, all that, it it solidified, like, all right, like, this is, this is us, like, paving the way for Koreans to be part of this. And that's a big reason why LAFC for, for me anyway. Awesome. Too easy. See, now you guys gave me way too much time to think about it. Yeah. That's the problem. You give a guy like me too much time to think about something, terrifying. we all That's know the results. Here comes preach. A, preach. Uh, Ooh, the big speech. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> no, have I'm a good speech. I, like, I like, probably like, took out and put in like seven different VHS movies of the thoughts or the mm-hmm. ideas that I had while, while we were all talking. So like, what am I going to say? Take us through a wormhole, please. For one thing, like, I think I owe a, I owe a great deal to this sport. Um, because it like opened the world for me, like cracked open the world in a really real way. I was at a soccer camp here in Beverly Hills when I was a kid, and they like I got to <coughs> act in this movie with John Travolta because of that. 
like early on and it kind of like taught me to dream at that time and I was like I was pretty decent at the sport but you know I the people I met through it and the people who are teammates are now today are my best friends the people I played with at LMU and the people who I'm still in an adult league in Griffith Park 7v7 Phantoms I play on the the Cathedral High School alumni team (laughs) over by by Dodger Stadium but I'm like the only person that didn't actually go to that high school but um, yeah man like I I feel like I owe a lot it brought me around the world the first time I ever went abroad was the Euros in 2004 Uh, I went to Portugal (laughs) saw the Euros watched uh, Sweden and the Netherlands play in like my first ever game in the Algarve in south of Portugal in 2004 uh, it was like in the streets when, when David Beckham missed the penalty in the shootout versus Portugal, which I think was in the semis or the quarterfinals. Portugal ended up losing the tournament to Greece. It was like the weirdest Greece. international oh. tournament. Um, yeah, but so like it took me around the world, and, and, and on one of those occasions, I won't bore everyone with like all the places that I went to and all the things I did, like San in Januario with, in, in Rio de Janeiro with like fans of that team, obviously like the Arsenal stuff. Obviously, Ooh. obviously, even in China, like when I was in China going to like games there, they had like Dario Conca, like a really famous Brazilian player who was, or I'm sorry, Argentine player who was playing out there. I was in South Africa over like a, over a, a late dinner with some Argentine guys and like, I'm like shamelessly an Argentine football supporter when it comes to national teams only because I think supporter culture wise, it's not a, it's not a competition like with what they can bring i think numbers wise with like the dutch and mexicans i got tons of respect for like those two those two national federations but in terms of like the culture and the argentine songs and the you know the duration a lot of those things go in like and the the lyrics and the art of it all the turn football culture into art in the stands so i've like been following the argentine team for like all these world cups i'm sitting by these argentine guys who are like speaking you know in spanish and like they like don't know like a lot of them don't the guys i was with don't know how to speak english and we're just like you know, shooting the shit, and he's, like, asking me about my team, and I was, like, yeah, yeah, like, I'm an Arsenal, you know, Arsenal guy, like, whatever, and he's, like, no, 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 but, like, wh- like where you're at, and he's, like, what, what, isn't there a team there, and I was, like, mm-hmm. oh, you mean the Galaxy, and he's, like, yeah, 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 like, like, you gotta, like, support your team, right, and I was, like, I- I'm sorry, like, I've been to Galaxy games, it just doesn't really work for me, I'm not a supporter of MLS, I don't like MLS, I'm not, I, I could, you could miss me with all the MLS stuff, right, but then, he, like, towards, he, he was, like, a Boca, Boca Juniors fan. He's like, in, in the Bombonera, they have, I think they have plaques or something of like the original, some of the original supporters or some of the original people that founded the club. And he's like, like, he talked about how much he revered those and when he would visit the stadium, how, wow. how those were as important as like the players or mm. whoever wow. who founded the club. And he's like, mm. you had the chance to be part of something for, from the beginning. This is, this is years ago. This is 2010, right? Wow. He said this moving speech to me mm-hmm. and I came back and I remember trying to go to like a Galaxy game again felt nothing still right <laughs> so it's like i can't fake the funk you know like i might as well just get out the kitchen and go to the fox and hound at four in the morning with my mom and my brother and watch arsenal lose you know <laughs> like didn't suffer um so like yeah when this came along like the reason i couldn't help myself but write that article is like i just like i didn't want to miss the opportunity to finally have that connection or mm. to finally do that and i think i'm like a, a you know i'm one story of like many many people who who had a chance to you know to be involved in this team in this club but um I, yeah like i like r- went around the world looking for something like this and I, that's awesome you know and mm. i and i didn't didn't find it until it kind of came up and to be able Fuck to be a part writers, of that is like man. true love in your backyard yeah man. yeah 
In the backyard. Love in the backyard, always. Yeah, I mean, it's down. I get to walk every week to the games. Hell yeah. My mom's got season two. You know what I mean? Like, this is... With whatever happens in the future, it'll be so... It, it's been so fun to be part of the ride and... Family business. It, it's it's always felt real to me because it you know we've all seen it grow. I think those of us who've been in, involved, it's always been been that right. It's never you've never had to like fake it because it's been yeah we've been part of it from the beginning. Hey, Josh might have had to fake it last week. He had his first fucking sober match. Hey, speaking of faking it last week, I got to watch the game from the stands and jump for LA football club game. <laughs> Since you always complain about Jump for LA Football Club, but I've never been in the stands when Jump for LA Football Club was going on, I came and I looked for you. Uh-huh. And Josh is like, yeah, Sam just took off to the bathroom as soon as Jump for LA Football Club started, so you didn't have to jump. <laughs> bro, honestly, they need to stop going past three times, bro. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's better than not jumping. And I'm too prideful to let us end this podcast with a rich question. So, <laughs> Rich, why the cap? Why the cap? Well, what's your what's your infatuation sure. with, with the cap? The the vision for the cap was to create the next Dodger cap in LA. Mm. To explain that, you know, if you have German buddies or English buddies or South American buddies, none of us grew up wearing caps. It's not authentic to your culture. Mm-hmm. Mm. If there's two swagger cities that the caps become more, they're symbols of just aspiration, it's, it's L.A. and New York. You see the caps all over the world, and it's more than, it's more than the team. Mm. It symbolizes something greater and bigger. It could be a kid just dreaming about living in L.A. one day. We'll pick up a cap mm. or New York. We wanted to create a symbol of our aspiration in this global city, so what better symbol than a cap? And if you measure the LA on your LAFC cap, you'll notice it's two inches high. And go measure your Dodger cap. So it was done um, by design, but also um, in homage of the Dodgers. And you know, again, I've, I've said earlier that they are what we aspire to be, mm. which is uh, a cultural icon of the city. The cap represents that. So it, just, it represents all of us. It represents our community. And you know, I can know. Trust me, if I knew that Dweezy was an Arsenal fan when I read his first article. <laughs> um, you know, when you have your buddies and they support the teams and they have a scarf, which is normally the symbol of a club, yeah. I can know Dweezy for two years and Sam for three years and Josh for five years and have no idea who you support because mm. your scarf is in your office or at home. But if I see any of you at a farmer's market in L.A. or at the beach or downtown or whatever it is, um, you just have that quick hit that, you know, there, there's there's many of us out there and we knew the cap would could become that in LA and it's just it's just a symbol of all of us so it's wear it with pride and fist bump whoever you see you know I mean how many of us have seen strangers wearing a cap and it immediately creates a conversation that's that's a, we all have those stories right. yeah so we wanted to create that which is a symbol of our movement amen hey, sure. hey don't. no I just want I just want to give one quick antidote. I was one of those kids who wore the LA Dodgers caps all the time. I, hate, I didn't like baseball. Yep. I, I had them in every color and I always matched my Air Force Ones or Dunks yep. in college. So I had like my brown one, my blue one. And I remember once, 
like I forget where I was, maybe in like the Bay Area or something. He's like, "Oh man, you a Dodger fan?" And I forgot like that I even that it was. So you're a Dodger wearing hat. it. I'm like, no, it's not a Dodger hat. It's an LA hat. <clears throat> you know, that was like the whole thing was like I was like it wasn't even to me it wasn't a Dodgers hat. Yo, damn well Dweezy was deep in the hip hop game when you had all. Because <laughs> I toys. had all those too. <laughs> yeah. I had. Different caps that matched every fucking pair of shoes. And to get deeper there, uh, my uh, a tear in my eye moment um, was when Bob Bradley threw the first pitch at a Dodger game, mm-hmm. and he was wearing an LAFC cap and a Dodger jersey. The Dodger whites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have that photo framed at my house because that was the first true collision of two cultural icons and I'll say it in the city and that's what that symbolized mm. which was pretty awesome yeah speaking of the freaking second cultural clash was when we took the 3252 to that Dodgers game oh yeah and you guys fucking ruined Dodgers games for me for the rest of my yeah. life yeah. like I can't I can't sit at, at baseball games anymore but don't worry every year there's like Elliot July we're doing it again <laughs> that's true but it won't be like that first one because that first one, we were all in the um, pavilion. Mm-hmm. You had big ass grizzly chicky lean running back and forth, trying to get the wave going. <laughs> uh, us getting in trouble by security for cursing during our songs. Then us singing to the security and him trying not to smile, but at the end of it, he cracks a smile and you know everyone goes crazy. <laughs> like it felt, it felt very European football. Like that, especially like the North End is a whole different subgenre of supporters but that Dodgers game was like the most European feeling that the 3252 will ever be just singing songs about what's going on when someone in the outfield scratches their butt we're singing about the scratching <laughs> their butt um yo it was like and we were like fucking up the other team so it was the perfect atmosphere everyone else around us is having a good time um that's actually I believe when I fell in love with the 3252 awesome um, the, the first time I, I, we had a gathering was, uh, at Legend Sports Bar for, um, the last, uh, MLS final before we entered the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still a shy Korean back then, so taking over a bar like that and making that much noise made me feel uncomfortable. I was like, yo, dude, people are going to complain. <laughs> um, but when we went to the Dodgers game and I saw... Not only how much fun we were having, but how much fun the people around us started to have. I was like, all right, like this is, this is what I want to be part of. Like the culture of bringing joy around us just from singing songs or chanting or whatever. Like you know what I mean. So shout out all those little things that that you know like that the staff did before we even had a team because mm-hmm. even that Dodgers night was before. Um, it gave us the opportunity to bond. Uh, and build relationships with one another. So, you know, the next time we're chanting and Chicky Lean's yelling at me, I'm just picturing this big ass fucking running up and down Dodger Stadium, and I'm like, all right, I'll listen to you, you fucking psycho. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else you nah, guys? Nah, man, we said? kept you for way longer than yeah. I said we would. So it was good. No, yeah, Rich, awesome. Rich got allergies right now. We need to get him out of here because wifey gonna get mad. Um, but thank you so much for coming out, Rich. Yeah, Rich. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. All right, thanks, guys. Amazing. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, FC. FCFC. FC, FC. FC, FC. FC, FC.